0: Hello everyone, Richard Tubb here, and I'm speaking today with Chris Day, the CEO of Vancouver-based managed service provider Fully Managed. Um, Fully Managed are one of the largest MSPs in Western Canada. Now, Chris is also the CEO of IT Glue, a software as a service solution uh, to the problems of IT documentation for IT companies. Now, amongst recent honours, Chris has been awarded the 40 Under 40 Award for his individual success as a CEO, and Fully Managed as a business have been named Alberta's Best Workplace and British Columbia Small Business Best Employer as well. So I'm delighted that Chris can join us today.
1: Chris, how are you? Doing very well. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for the wonderful intro.
0: <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, how's Vancouver today? I know it's early in the morning for you. Though. You
1: know what? It's a beautiful day here. Sunny, uh, which is uh, unlike Vancouver, which is known for, uh, to be like Seattle, very, very rainy. But uh, it's been beautiful, so I can't complain.
0: Excellent. Sounds a lot like Birmingham in the UK where I'm calling from today. We've got an absolutely gorgeous day and that's a rarity, so. (laughs) So I've mentioned that you're CEO of two companies, uh, a managed service provider, much like many of the listeners uh, to this podcast, um, and also a company that provides solutions uh, for MSPs uh, in IT glue. Perhaps you can share a little bit about how you ended up running not one but two very successful businesses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's been a uh, the last couple of years have been a real uh, you know really put me through the ringer. I would say there's a, a lot that goes into uh into mainly starting a new business uh in general um but it, particularly with IT glue uh where we've been on a, a a very uh I would say aggressive uh growth curve it's been absolutely nuts and uh, uh fully managed the, the good thing about fully managed is that uh, you know it's a fairly established business it's been uh, it's been around since 2002 and uh I have a partner in that business uh Charlene and uh thanks to her, she's she's the president and then I have another uh basically uh a, a a VP um, of ops and sales and the collective uh three run the business essentially. Uh so I've been very fortunate to be able to take the last two years uh and focus all of my I'd say ninety five percent of my energy on IT Glue. Uh the five percent fully managed has been uh, has been really more on the quarterly strategy meetings and annual strategy planning meetings so um you know very thankful for that
0: and IT Glue, so I'm intrigued. Uh, I know a little bit of the background of IT Glue, and I understand it was uh, IT Glue came together as a result of um, peer pressure, for want of a better <laughs> word. Perhaps you could explain a little bit more about that.
1: It was, you know, it was because um, probably like yourself, I was uh, I spent a lot of time in the in the ConnectWise uh, community back then. Uh, obviously, spending spending time in both the ConnectWise and Autotask communities now, but. Um, you know, we were, we were in HTG, uh, we were in the, uh, service leadership, um, peer groups. We were, I was doing presenting at, at, a, uh, Microsoft events. And I would, through that, through a lot of those initiatives, I would always be sort of talking about documentation. And I would be pulling up, uh, you know, screenshots and I would have, uh, you know, the structured information that, that I would show people. And, and every time they would say, what is that? What, what is that? What is that? Um, cause it's not SharePoint and it's not, uh you know, word documents, and it's not a wiki and so I guess it, it it was honestly just uh enough people saying to me, "You should really uh sell that software uh you know and this was probably f- starting five six years ago uh that people were saying that because uh, cause we developed the st- uh, the story with i t glue is that my brother and I developed the software initially just as a standalone tool just for for uh for fully managed, and that we did that probably nine years ago and it just evolved into the point where we were paying, you know, we almost had a full-time developer just working on on features uh, just within fully managed on the, on that tool. So eventually, uh just came to a point and and that was probably about 3 years ago where I decided, you know what? I'm going to actually start a company and uh and it was it was completely separate from from fully managed, but I spun up a team, found a developer partner, um, and you know, I guess the rest is history. It really it took about 2 years to Build the app from, uh, from co- sort of what I would consider a, a prototype or, uh, you know, a nine year beta test, uh, to the point where it is today where it's, you know, software as a service platform and hundreds and hundreds of, uh, MSPs using it. So, crazy.
0: Mm, Fantastic story. And um, and, and I want to talk a little bit more about IT Glue as as our conversation goes forward. But I really want to look upon uh, Fully Managed Now and your history with that just uh, for a few minutes. So you've, you've very publicly shared how you, in your own words here, are... Uh, And to quote, driven by the tireless pursuit to inspire, improve, create peace of mind and build a successful world-class global brand. I think that's a fantastic uh, sort of (laughs) tagline there. And, And that in itself is an inspiring vision now. Most IT businesses I know of um, tend to think locally; um, tend to think to a certain geographical area. They certainly don't think globally for the most part. So, Chris, what drives you to think globally uh, about fully managed?
1: Uh, well, about fully managed, you know, we always had this vision um, uh, of of 10 million in 10 cities, and that was that was the idea that uh, you know, and we're nowhere near that that vision yet. I'll be honest, but uh, we're, we're around 55 employees today, so. Um, but it was always, uh, you know, we always thought that, and, and part, partly just with the name, you know, we, we really believed in in the purpose of the company. The the creating peace of mind was, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of companies have gone through this exercise. The the whole Simon Sinek, uh, you know, understanding your why, why why are you in business, not what do you do. Um, that was a big profound thing for us in, in fully managed and understanding that uh, we, you know, we wanted to instill create an emotion. Uh, through our service, not just uh you know not just be a service provider that you know we're fast and we give you a good strategy uh it was like what's the what is the, what do people feel when they engage with our with our brand and um and then not thinking so um so small as uh, a as single single city you know we were able to get um to to take that to the next step and and have a second city uh, and then we've added a third city uh, in the last eighteen months as well. Uh so you know I think we're we're executing on that vision slowly. Um I don't know that fully managed is going to be global. Um in the end it's probably you know maybe Canada wide would be would be the extent of our vision. There's just so much business um <laughs> available I- even in inside of Canada that uh, I'm not sure we would need the the global challenge but obviously certainly a different different beasts with a software as a service business like IT Glue, which is uh, very very much uh, international and global.
0: Mm, understood so what's would you say the biggest challenge you face as being the ceo of not one but two um quite different businesses
1: um you know I, I the challenge is is probably um the challenge would be would always be considered time i guess and and again i've mitigated that largely by by having a great team uh, but uh you know that certainly certainly time and then certainly pa- like where where does your passion lie I, I would say for me that would be the the other piece where where do I uh, get the most inspired and uh you know I've been I've been in the uh I, IT provider space for a long time uh started as I said started the company probably 13 14 years ago um and so for, for me you know get the uh the MSP space uh is, is I've been there and and I really value being connected to that to that uh world because I still get great insights, and you know, I'm, I'm, I meet and talk with uh, MSPs every single day—probably five or six different companies every single day—and uh, and the things that I learn and the things that I can share, um, you know, the challenge is, is definitely, um, you know, how much how much value can I still add to fully manage when I'm when I'm spending 95% of my time on IT glue? So, uh, and that you know, that uh, that's a good problem to have, but uh, but certainly that's probably the largest one
0: yeah I agree and there's some, some parallels with you know I'm, I'm the former owner of a managed service provider business myself and now I work with the uh, owners of IT businesses and after I sold the MSP there was uh, you know a big concern over am I, is what I know going to become irrelevant um, I'd say at this stage certainly not because you know I'm fortunate enough to work with some you know uh, really cutting edge uh, MSPs doing some great things so that keeps my uh, keeps me grounded keeps my foot in the industry and understand uh, what's still going on and it sounds like that's very much for for you, with running IT glue and running fully managed as well,
1: it is. It's exactly that, and and you're right. There, there's some you've seen it as as I've seen it. There's some you know companies doing some incredible things. Um, you know, there's there companies that just uh, you know from in, in every area of the business that are just so dialed in that uh, you know I would aspire for for our business to be that dialed in in that area. You know, it's it's really interesting what you what you run across. But everybody, you know, it's very difficult to get all uh, all those levers. Uh, <laughs> working at the same time and and uh, gener- generating the bottom line that everybody's looking for—that's a—that's a big struggle, uh, still. And uh, and you know nobody's got it perfect yet.
0: Mm, definitely. So so let's change gear for a minute then. Talking of levers, um, uh, so how would you say is running a SaaS business in IT glue different to your experience of running a managed service provider?
1: That's a, you know that's a great question. Um, and. I would say that there's quite, there's a number of things that are, that are different. The, the thing that's very similar, which I, which I love about running a SaaS business, uh, is that I'm connected with still the, the CEOs, the, the executives, the owners of these businesses, like, like I was, uh, with fully managed. So selling to that same, you know, uh, same level, uh, which we, which we did, and, and generally the same size of companies, which is very interesting, right? Most, um, I would say the predominant, uh, I'm sure it's, it's 80, 90% of MSPs are, are below, uh, 50 employees, which, mm. you know, I would say 80 to 90% of the MSP customers that we would sell to are below 50 employees. You know, not maybe, maybe a little bit higher, but very close, very similar anyway, in terms of the size of companies that we sell to. What's, Different, I would say, is certainly the the scalability of a SaaS business. Um, you know, the the fact that that uh, you know we we have days where we've we've brought on 20, 30 customers in a single day, and uh, try doing that in MSP world.
0: Oh yeah, that's not. <laughs> not gonna. It may not fly. I've shuddered a bit just thinking about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and then the other thing that's really, really cool, I would say about the SaaS business is, and, and some of the MSPs have figured this out too, is really, I'm, I'm, we're selling to a vertical. So, uh, very much understand, understand the pain points, uh, and, and the value proposition for an MSP, um, uh, for the software that we sell for documentation. Uh, you know, in, in the MSP world, uh, I'm, our MSP wasn't uh, is probably not you know given our markets that we're in, not we don't we're not in very large markets and so uh, we don't don't have that capability of going super vertical. So uh, you know you're not tailoring your managed services to legal or to accounting or to uh, manufacturing. We actually have to take all three uh, in order to have enough of a, a market to to to. Um, to get us the growth that we want. And so if, with that comes, uh, you know, the challenges of not being vertical focused. You can't be as good if you're not, if you're, if you're spread on verticals. So, um, so I, you know, that, that piece, is, it really highlighted for me. It was actually only in the last couple of weeks that I realized really it's such a vertical, IT is is so vertical. It's MSPs that we sell to that everybody has the exact same challenge. So, uh, it's real, it's, you know, you can really hone the software, the, solution set to that vertical
0: makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense so, so let's talk about it glue and let's talk about it documentation a little bit more so a while ago um, i wrote um, a book entitled the top five mistakes msps make that cost them time and money and one of those five mistakes was lack of documentation so i'm guessing that's <laughs> a sentiment you agree with chris so why is um it documentation so important to msps
1: you know it's it's actually crazy that that it hasn't uh, been you know that, it, that this industry this, this part of of the MSP space hasn't been a focus really until now and it sounds like until your until your book <laughs> um but uh you know the, the the thing about documentation is it's the it's one of the the top factors in in being able to to run efficiently and if you run efficiently you make more money um You know, there's a, there's a statistic which, uh, you know, if I ask a a room full of, uh, of MSPs this question, almost everybody agrees. Do you think that, uh, IT providers spend at least 20% of their time, or or IT people spend at least 20% of their time looking for information? And everybody will, everybody's hand will go up. And I'll say leave your hand up if you think it's maybe 30. And leave your hand up if you think it's maybe 40%. And, it's shocking there's there's still quite a few companies with their hand up at forty and fifty percent right and then I'll ask so I'll ask the flip side question uh who would who would rate their documentation on a scale of one to ten uh higher than a five and it would be like in a room of two hundred people I'm not kidding there will be like five hands right and uh and even those guys'll say you know they're they're no higher than maybe a seven so you know, and that's—it's very interesting because I, I think that our industry was really focused on the on the technology and the and the tools uh, for so long. And my my view is that 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 maybe that was necessary because there was still we were really struggling with a lot of the tools. You know, there was servers were still blue screening, and uh, you know the the backup software wasn't reliable, and uh, you know the RMM tools didn't work that well. There's all these kind of things that were you know that needed some mature some maturing. Uh, I feel like a lot of those things have happened, uh, and now the next logical thing you know they, they always say there 's three three keys, three levers to business success, um, people process, and technology okay well we had the we had the everybody i think everybody understands the value of good people um, I think everybody understands the value of good technology, and then it 's this last bucket of process. Or process. If you're in, in the, or if you're if you're in Canada, you could say either one. But uh, in the states, it's process. <laughs> um, that one is sort of it's it's left to the wayside, uh, and it's like, yeah, we understand that's important. And then I, I will drill into these examples and say, you know, if I if you sit me down in your company today and you've got a new service request for company X and I've never seen that company in my life, um, how long would it take me to be up to speed and be able to support that customer? And, you know, you, and then you run through scenarios and then they'll, they'll say, oh, no, no, we've got all that information. It's really, you know, we've got guys that know that. And I said, yeah, but that costs you time and money. So if I have to ask somebody, you know, how does that virtual environment set up? Or if I have to ask somebody, what's the DHCP server over there? Or how does, is that server being backed up? Or any of these scenarios that really are the, you know, necessary pieces of great documentation, very rarely do uh, do most MSPs have the, have a good handle on on that stuff? And the the outcome is it's burn, it's time burn. Like it's it's and it's you know you take that twenty percent of uh, wasted time and you multiply it by your staff count, and then you multiply that by the cost per hour of those employees, and then you that's so that's your actual you know soft cost. Then you take you know let's say twenty percent of that time, what would those people have been doing with that twenty percent of their time had they not been wasting it, and all of a sudden you realize, oh my goodness like the 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 cost of bad documentation and bad process is astounding like mm. it's it's like for us for a five person company it can be a quarter million a year
0: wow, yeah, so and you yeah, you're absolutely preaching to the converted here. I'm, I'm nodding away as you're saying this, Chris, <laughs> because it's so true what you're saying, yeah.
1: So that's the, you know, that's the, that's the, it's not, you know, I would say it's not sexy, uh, documentation. Nobody's, you know, we wear, in, in jest, we wear the shirts that say, you know, I love documentation on them. Uh, and everybody kind of laughs as who, who likes documentation? Well, you know what? It's absolutely necessary. It's the only way you can scale a business. It's the only way, you know, in my case, um, you know, how I was able to extract myself from the, the day to day running the nuts and bolts, uh, and, and extract, you know, all those key, uh, high level players that are inside the business, the very technical, uh, rocket scientist, uh, types, uh, you know, the better the documentation, the less need you have for those people, the faster your people get their work done. And in our case, uh, in, in fully managed, we were able to uh, take tasks that used to require, you know, level two, level three engineers, and we were able to push those, those tasks forward uh, to level one engineers. And that is good for everybody. That's good for the, the business owner. That's good for the level two and level three engineers because they're thankful that they don't have to do those mundane tasks. Uh, it's good for the customer because they prefer, you know, working with level one engineers because they're generally happier and less, (laughs) more customer focused, I would say. So there's so many benefits to it. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, when I look at anything like documentation, I look at this, it's an investment and I look at things as an investor and I want to produce higher returns in the business and, and that's what process and documentation will do.
0: Absolutely makes sense. Absolutely makes sense, and I'm I'm sure there's going to be lots of IT business owners who are listening to this podcast who absolutely agree with it as well. But let's keep hold of that theme uh, for a minute. So most technicians I know um, that I've employed in the past and uh, that I know within MSP businesses now are pretty much driven by a desire to help end users. You know, let's not beat around the bush. Most engineers enjoy being seen as the hero. You know, they get a kick out of helping people with things. And it is a really admirable trait to put clients first. But in my experience, it does mean these technicians often dismiss documentation as something that's time consuming and gets in the way of them actually helping clients. So what's the benefit of good IT document- documentation to an MSP's client? How can the business owner sell Good IT documentation to their engineers is something they should really be doing.
1: You know, um, one of the okay, I can answer that in a few ways. But one of the things that I think has been a uh, well, I know has been a big struggle for for documentation in general. It was sort of like this idea that, you know, I I want you to update the documentation. Even in our business, there would be a project plan, and at the end of it, it would say update documentation, and that was you know part of the billable scope of the of the of the project, and. I, you know, we'd scratch our heads and go, well, what is that, you know, what does that I- exactly mean? Um, and so generally that would just sort of the, you know, the project would get closed off and that was that. So the problem with the reason that that, that's always been the case and, and it's the, you know, since the dawn of time as, uh, in IT s- provider space is that, uh, there's there i think there is generally a desire to do documentation i think that if the system doesn't support um you know uh the ability to very easily and quickly and efficiently maintain and create that documentation then you're right it's it's an uh, it's an obstacle to getting work done and so you know this this the software that you or the or the platform that you're using to to track the documentation it has to be something that you can do in the line of fire that's not going to um you know prevent you from getting your your the work that you need to get done done so that's that's the first thing um in terms of selling it to a, to a customer uh, you know the the or selling you know for us in in fully managed we uh we this is a major part of our sales uh process so we show uh, our customers the, you know how transparent we are with the documentation how de- how detailed we store everything you know we've got all of their information on file from passwords to how the backups are configured to uh you know the network to applications it's all there and so for the customers they really get peace of mind from that because they say well you know this company is not uh, the type of company that's going to hold us hostage for our information in fact they've given us a login and we can look at our documentation at any time so on a cu- the customers definitely see it the other thing that the customers see uh, in my experience is the consistency which is another serious problem in in IT um you know something like creating a new user account um you know could have 28 steps and uh depending on who gets that that service request it could be something uh, there could be a a, a significant or a, at least some variance in in the the outputs of that request and that's something that the customers feel so um and obviously something they don't you know they don't love it when you miss a step in a new employee uh hire technical process so so we have found that having very consistent procedural documentation to go with to go with each customer uh, drives a better customer experience. They say, "Wow, it's really cool that um, you know Jim or Sally can both do that that type of task, and 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 it's very consistently done. Even the email template that we get at the end, it's all the same. Um, so not that you can't uh, achieve that with brute force uh, in other ways through through great management, but certainly having a um, a system that supports that effort like for example um, every request that we do in our service desk and our service desk is probably um 25 uh, 28 30 people now so quite a few people in that just in the service desk team uh there, there's uh, it's it's disallowed to perform a technical task without following a standard operating procedure SOP and those SOPs are are linked and they must be referenced inside of the, the ticket notes that they do. And that means that if there's a if there is a, if there is not an SOP, then one must be created. And so that starts to drive very consistent service delivery, which uh, which you know the the even those to get long winded answer to your question, but the um the engineers that that may be not believers uh, generally you know, if they if they truly believe in providing a very consistent experience, we have found that they will create those SOPs and then they will refer people to those SOPs. Uh, and it actually sort of creates a you know what that documentation is already there, just follow the procedure, and then I can get back to work. So um, we found that that the main problem, in a nutshell, is that nobody wants to work on a on a crummy system or update go update a SharePoint page or a Word document or some file somewhere. Uh, because they don't believe that anybody else is ever going to see it or use it, and so it's kind of a waste of time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and, and you've actually, uh, while you were talking about that, and I think it was a great answer, by the way, while you were talking about that, I was just thinking to some MSPs that I speak to, they ask the question, well, what's a good way to get started with IT documentation? So for anybody who is maybe retaining information in their head, or they've got a key employee who knows all about the clients, but nobody else does, uh, what advice would you give to them, Chris, on on where to get started with IT documentation?
1: Yeah, so there's really... T- Two sides to documentation, and I think this is one of the things that—not to toot our own horn—but horn, this is one of the things that we nailed with IT glue. It is there is the structured documentation, and this is like the uh, you know field-driven. Uh, what does that server do? What does that device do? What is the DHCP server? What is you know what is the backup scheme? Everything is structured. It's drop-down lists. It's tags. it's uh, It's it, it, that kind of stuff. That is, to my mind, seventy percent of what's very critical. So it's very, it's sort of I can understand uh, a customer's environment at a, at a glance without having to ask anybody anything. Uh, that is, from a ROI perspective, in terms of inputting documentation, one of the quickest, fastest, easiest, highest ROI wins because you're you're looking at probably an hour to two hours on average to to produce that documentation for a single customer. So. You know, if you've got 25 customers and you're looking at 25 to 50 hours to produce that documentation, that's inside of your team. Um, that will give you a huge lift in terms of your uh, peace of mind, I would say, and also in terms of the ability to, uh, to start to shuffle customers and allow other people to work on different customers, bring new people in, all that kind of stuff. The second part, the last 30% is what I would say uh, is the long tail part of the process and that will be... The procedural documentation, the steps, the screenshots, the here's how to do, uh, here's the SOPs for this, uh, customer or that customer or our central articles that are, you know, more generic, like how do we deploy our backup platform? How do we, uh, deploy a new firewall? How do we deploy a switch? How do we upgrade our RMM? You know, those type of, um, articles that are centralized. So I think that the biggest ROI is in, Taking your largest customers, documenting them first, getting all that structured information—it's um, kind of like what they what they talk about in ITIL, which is the the, uh, the approach we follow for documentation. But the idea of a service catalog: so what are all the yeah. services and what are all the applications that are running on this network? And once you've got that, you can then start to build the more detailed, um, you know, procedural documentation around it.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Really good advice. And it it reminds me of a story back when I was running an MSP. We used to document just about everything. You know, it was actually quite um, OCD about it, I guess is one one, one word. And, um, you know, even as far as in comms rooms, we documented the make and model of the air conditioning unit. And uh, going back to what you said earlier on about consistency and quality of service that you deliver to clients, I remember the one day we actually had a phone call from uh, a client um, saying that the air conditioning unit in the comms room was leaking and there was water all over the floor and they were in a quite a flap in a panic about it. What do we do? You know, turning to us for advice. Now, we had it all documented. We knew who'd installed the system. We knew who to go to um, uh, for maintenance on that unit. And so within a couple of hours, we'd, we'd made the phone call. There was an engineer there and the problem was resolved. Now, that doesn't sound very much like IT when I tell that story to people. But the end result was the client thinks we're absolutely fantastic. You know, we've, we've got all the information we need. Anything basically with a plug on, yeah. um, we, can, we can help them out with and that, Gave so much credibility to us as a business. So you know that the, you can take IT documentation to the nth degree, but really, you know, I, I think m- most things are probably better off documented out of people's in out of people's heads and down on paper than it is uh, just floating out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's unreal how much of that information. If you, there's so many examples, but you know, someone I I will often say just as a almost a, as a test, they will say, okay, we'll bring your let's pick a customer. And, uh, bring, bring the engineer on the line that knows, you know, the bring, that, that knows that customer best. And I'll say, and then I'll say, I'll ask them a random question from the standard set of services that would be on that network. I'll say, uh, what's the webmail URL? And they will just shake their head. So I have to go look it up. And I, and then I just, I look at them and I say, exactly. Is exactly what the problem is with <laughs> the way this is running. And there's a million of those examples. And, uh, so there's, you know, big part of, of my feeling on documentation is there's a, you know, it's, it's like the the common ROI, RO, ROE, return on energy thing. There, there's, uh, there's a, probably 20% of the work that you, that you can document that will give you 80% of the return. And you don't need that much information to be a way for, further ahead than, than most, IT providers are right now. Uh, Uh, So I always like you know documenting something like email. You could certainly document you know 30, 40 fields if you wanted to, but even just getting six or seven key aspects of email documented for every customer provides an immediate lift, and then you can always do a round two, add more documentation later.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. It actually it does give you a competitive advantage over over your competitors who are who are not documenting this stuff, who are carrying the information around
1: in their heads, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does. And it's and it's peace of mind. You know, the 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 team surprisingly uh it takes away one of those things, uh one of those differentiators between people within the company where, you know, this guy has got all the information, so he's just sort of, you know, big man on campus walking around. Um and it, it sort of, uh, from, from my from my experience, it creates this more of a team vibe where everybody knows that everything is in there, and so everybody can just focus on delivering great service instead of you know what do I know. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it it actually protects the MSP business, I think, as well. Um, I've come across multiple scenarios uh, or situations, you should say, examples where there's been one senior engineer within a business who has known so much about a client, none of it documented. And then the MSP ends up in that awful situation where that senior engineer either leaves or worse, goes to work for a competitor. Uh, and so it's panic stations. It's like, well, what are we going to do about you know one of these big clients that we've got when this guy knows everything about the clients and we know nothing as a business really
1: yeah it's, it's it's unbelievable and i you know i never I never mention or or use those things in our in our r o i calculators that we have for, for IT glue but it's it's very true i mean the one you know one customer walking away for something like that it's uh it's Far more expensive than uh, anything we would possibly charge. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, but you no, know, it's really true. That's one of the things we talk about is getting rid of the risk, uh, um, the risk associated with bad documentation. That's one of the key risks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cool. So I, I suspect we could talk about IT documentation as a subject. We'll have to invite you back for a second podcast. I know people are going to be uh, interested in talking about this. But let's, let's uh, revisit uh, IT Glue just a little bit there. So you recently announced integration with Autotask. I know that your background similar to mine. You've got a background within the ConnectWise uh, uh, community as well. Yep. What else is on the horizon for IT Glue upcoming?
1: Um, well, this, this summer uh, we are working on uh, our next series of integration. Um, which are uh, most of the RMM tools? So uh, we've got LabTech, uh, AEM. If they, we're not sure about the, the API on that one. Depending if they release it, uh, Kaseya, um, Enable, Continuum, uh, and a whole bunch of other uh, ones that that we're looking at. So the idea will be, uh, and you know, one of the reasons we called ourselves. Glue, it Glue, was that the more systems that we can connect to and sort of bring relevant information into the documentation, the better. So we started with the PSA tools, uh, Autotask and Connectwise, mainly because that's uh, a great uh, asset database to begin with. Um, but now we're we're going to start to kind of overlay uh, more network uh, information on top of that. So so that's huge. Um, the integrations are huge. Um, the other thing that's on the horizon, we actually just sent out a, a survey to, to customers yesterday, which we're pretty excited about, is the idea. Uh, I had mentioned this to you, Richard, but uh, documentation as a service. Um, so we are uh, we're in the early stages of uh, um, putting a program together where we would actually uh, help do the documentation, um, given access to the right tools uh, by by our partners. So for example, you know, give us access to your RMM tools and we can go in and uh, and do some of the documentation. Because one of the biggest challenges we hear uh from our MSPs is uh that's preventing them from getting documentation done, even the ones that are already customers, is uh lack of time. Yeah. Uh and so we're thinking, well, maybe we can help with that because a lot of the documentation that needs to be done is very um, standardized uh and we can we can pretty much do it with access to the tools. So anyway, that's a very exciting thing that's on the horizon for us. Uh,
0: yeah, very cool. Documentation as a service. So uh, when can we expect that to come to market? Uh, how far forward are you with that?
1: Well, we've, um, we've rounded out what, what the, the key uh, elements of that service would, would be. Um, we're now going to go into a beta group with uh, five or six companies and we're gonna, we're gonna just see how it goes. And so we would expect uh, probably in the next two months or so to to have the the results of that and, and then hopefully launch it on a larger scale. Cool,
0: well I, I shall certainly keep an eye out for that. I know that's gonna be of interest to lots of people. Um, many MSPs I speak to, when I talk about IT documentation and they roll their eyes a bit and they say, yeah, yeah, Rick, as soon as we get the time for it. <laughs> so I can see that definitely being a good one, so yeah. cool. So I I guess for there's going to be people listening and they want to find out more about IT Glue. Um where would they go to?
1: The best thing to do um obviously is just hit our website uh, itglue.com. Um and uh the, what we what we generally do is we like we have a a certain and some people say it's a little regimented but we we like it this way. Uh we have a kind of a regimented uh sales process which is um Watch a there's a 15 minute product uh, overview which we like to get people to watch in advance of uh, really starting to chat with us because it it covers off most of the key features in a in a very short time frame you can get access to that by filling out the uh, request demo form on our website once you've watched that we generally do a live demo then just to allow more interaction and ask questions and show me how to do this or that uh, and then from there we we um, we can unleash a uh, Seven-day trial, which people can can use and sign up at any time, um, and then from there, uh, once uh, once you sign up, we we reach out to you. We have an onboarding project manager, and uh, in, and in all of our um, all of our signups include a uh, consulting and and setup package, which is basically some consulting from our side to help people get off on the right foot. So, yeah, generally with yeah, schedule those seven to ten days uh, out from sign up. So
0: makes a lot of sense. I think one of the reasons that um, I perceive you as being so successful is you, you do a really good job with qualifying and onboarding people. Um, so that, that's probably no surprise for most SaaS businesses that do are successful, do that really, really well and it sounds like you've got a great process in place for doing that at the moment.
1: Yeah, it seems to be. We, we didn't used to do it uh, at the beginning and we learned, uh, we learned that that was just absolutely critical. Uh, yeah, you get people, and also it's it's kind of um, you know I always I always say this too, I'm, you know don't sign up if you're not ready to commit to doing this in the next quarter, because you know this is you, you've got to understand the value of good documentation. It should be something that I you know jumping at the chance to get this done, because it delivers like it gives you time back. But if you're not, if you just simply don't have the time to do it, then not probably not the right time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But there are going to be some people who are listening to this, and they're going, "Chris, shut up and take my money." Um, (laughs) But I know you're being very generous. You've got a step further than that. So for people listening to the podcast, you've actually got a code, haven't you? That um, they can receive a discount on the setup fee.
1: I do. Yeah. So um, we have a setup. The setup fee is four hundred and ninety-five US. The we're providing for for all of uh, Richard's partners a uh, a discount of $50 the the code is TUBB15 TUBB15 so if you sign up with that code you'll get a $50 discount which we generally don't do so um yeah that uh, hopefully uh, if anybody is so inclined wants to sign up uh it's very it's very quick ROI um and again if you're not ready to sign up just engage with us and we will uh, we'll certainly uh work with you directly on that as well
0: Fantastic. Well, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how people can find uh, you and Fully Managed online as well. So, are you uh, are you present on uh, social media?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm hiding behind the IT Glue Twitter account most <laughs> now. Uh, so that's the one where I have the most fun. But it's IT underscore Glue. But uh, Fully Managed is uh, uh, is fully managed on Twitter's the best at this point. And um, and obviously our, our website, com. So if you want to, uh, you know, a lot of people have told me that that was, this site's been out for six, six or seven years, the fully managed site, but we got a lot of feedback that, and quite honestly, a lot of plagiarism uh, of our website. So people say it seems to, it's the idea of putting the customer first. So check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is
0: a really good website. And what what is it? Imitation and uh, flattery, that type of thing. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, I'm really, uh, really appreciative of your time today. I think this is going to be valuable for anybody listening. Um, So thanks so much. And I'm sure um, if you've got the time, we'd love to, uh, listeners, would love to get you back for another podcast, perhaps where we could talk about qualifying customers, sales process, and and talk some more about IT documentation. But uh, thanks so much for your time, Chris. Really appreciate it. Thank
1: you very much.